Cool. Well, if you've got your Bibles or apps, you can open it up. Uh, first scripture we're going to go to is 2 Timothy 13, uh, 3, verse 16 to 17. And what I find is that the Bible, and some people believe that the Bible is just an incredible history book with facts. But I find this, it's an incredible book, it's an incredible, uh, it, it's the word, I, I think when we call it a book, we insult it. Do you realise that? But if we were to have a look at it as just a book, it would be a book of history and facts that prove that God is real. Would you be with me on that? Would you agree with that? But there is one thing that we can say for sure, is that the Word of God, well, in the Word of God, it actually tells us that God created all things. God created all things. And most importantly of all, the Bible is actually the Word of God. Do you realize when you open your Bible, it is actually the Word of God? It contains the mind and His will for each and every one of us, for our lives. Do you realize that? It contains His will and it contains His mind for every one of us. You know, by His Word, the universe was created. By his word, your world could be transformed. Do you realize that? By his word. That is how much power is in this word. You know, Second Timothy 3 to 16. It says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness, that the man of God may be able to complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work, it is given by inspiration of God. When the Word of God is applied to one's life, it brings these things. It brings perspective, direction, clarity, boundaries to individuals and communities. Do you realise that? That's what it does. Without the Word of God, we would be spiritually ignorant and also spiritually impoverished without the Word of God. You know what? If we are not in His Word studying, how are we ever going to know His ways? How are we ever going to know His ways? And, and that's a question that I hear from a lot of people. I just don't know God's ways. I just can't hear from Him. I, I don't know Him. I, I don't know what I'm... Well, my question to you is, have you opened the Word of God? It's like doing an open book, open book exam. It's like going to uni and doing this exam and, and the book is right there, but not even using the book. That's how some of us do our life. It's like, I just don't know God's plan. I just haven't got the answers. I don't know what I'm doing, but have you opened the manual? It's like every time you get something from Ikea. You know, a good husband never buys from Ikea. But his wife always will. I don't know what it is. I don't know how many times I have to say, please, can we not? But all of a sudden, some flat pack turns up somewhere. I'm hearing laughs because everyone knows. And let's face it, because we're men, we never use instructions. 
until the second time round when we have to take it apart and wonder where's this thing go. It's like that in life, is that we've got life here, but, but, but we never actually open it up and see our purposes and our, our promises and His ways, and, and we keep running around, wondering why this thing isn't working, wondering why that bookshelf isn't coming together, why that chair won't hold weight. Because we actually haven't read how it's supposed to hold weight. I love in Proverbs 2, 1 to 5, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you will incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver... And search for her as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. If we receive, if we're teachable, we have to be teachable. We have to have a posture in our heart that we become teachable to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God. Because as we start to read through the Word of God, His Spirit starts to teach us. That's what I find, is that there is nothing else like the Holy Spirit speaking to you as you start to open up the Scriptures and read the Word of God. It's like this personal download from heaven. No, no, not like, it is. Like, you can come to church week in and week out, but I'll never be able to teach you everything in the Bible. We just don't have enough time for that. And two, I don't know everything. Just don't tell my wife. She's at West, so it's all good. So for us, we need to open it. Be teachable. We need to treasure. Treasure the commands. Be intent to obey what is in the Bible. We need to apply it to our heart, apply the disciplines that are in there. We need to cry out. You know, if you don't know something, if you open the Bible, you don't know it, cry out. God, come on, I have no idea. It's okay. Guys, it's okay to say, I don't know. I have to say it a fair few times to my kids. They come to me, Dad, how do you do that? I don't know. And then my little one goes, ha ha, you don't know everything. You don't know everything. Okay, I didn't need you to remind me. It's okay to cry. And and that's what we should do. We should cry out to God. I read through and David cried out to God, God, I I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I've stuffed up again, but come and help me. Come and speak to me. Seek and search. Diligent. Perseverance. Seek. Seek. I find some of us, you know, we pick it up for two seconds, like, oh, it didn't help me. And we just put it back on the shelf. He actually says, seek. Anything worthwhile in this life, you have to seek it out. You have to long for it. You have to go for it. It it takes effort. You know, when husband or... Young men, if you're seeking a wife, 
you know, you have to seek her with all diligence. In other words, you have to give her your best. You have to run after her. Like for us, we need to seek God. We need to run after God. We need to open His Word and seek the truths within that Word if we're going to see Him applied to our life with diligence. You know, every Christian should be a student of the Bible. What? Yes. We should be a student of the Bible. You know, why do you think people go to university? To understand. To receive knowledge. Then how much more important is it for us, the church, as Christians, to seek the kingdom, the principles that God has? And this is what I find with worldly principles, is they're just cheap imitations of God's principles. I don't know how many secular books I read, I don't know how many wise Chinese proverbs I see, sayings from Buddha. I look at them and I'm like, wow, did they just read Proverbs? Wow, did they just go through Ecclesiastes? Like, wow, did they, is that called plagiarism? But, but it just amazes me how that takes place. The Word of God. Reading and studying the Bible ourselves gives us the opportunity to learn directly from the Master Teacher, the Holy Spirit. There is an unmatched joy in having the Holy Spirit speak directly from the pages of His Word. Reading gives you breadth. Studying gives you depth. My question to you today is, do you just read the Bible or do you study the Bible? Do you have a breadth of knowledge or do you have a depth of knowledge? when it comes to the Word of God. And I believe as Christians, if we're going to be effective in our walk with Christ, we need to have a depth. We need to have a depth. So the thing I want to ask today and I want to have a look at today is, so what is the Word's function in our life? It's okay to have the Word of God, but what is it supposed to do in our life? What does it do? When I I start studying the Word of God, what is it going to do in my life? Because that's what a lot of people say. They they think that it's it's just a book that as they read through it, you know what, it's great. It's nice stories. There are nice things in this place, but what does it do? What does it actually, what is its function? You know, the Word of God has a function for our lives as Christians. I, I don't know whether you realize that. Is it when we start to delve into it, we can find some functions that it does. And I'm just going to share a couple of functions that it will do for us, that it does for us as Christians. The first thing I want to say is it enlightens us. It enlightens us. It brings us to salvation. Do you realize that? It shows us salvation. It brings us into the light. It brings the light into our inner being. It solidifies it. The Holy Spirit comes as a guarantee, but then we open the Word and it enlightens us to what we've received, the principles that God has for our life. It enlightens us. You know, God's first spoken word in the Bible was, let there be light. Let there be light. When God speaks to us, when His Word speaks to us, light shines, light comes. You know, when God's, when we let 
God's Word dwell in us, we would be inwardly enlightened. You know, Psalm 119, 130 says, The opening of your words gives light, imparting understanding to the simple. And this is what I find, is that when I open the Bible, I realised how much I don't know. Actually, later on in life, I realised how much I don't know. Like, as a teenager, you think you know everything. Then when you hit around 30, you think you might know something. But then when you're 40, you know nothing. (laughs) That's true. I'm learning from my daughters all the time. They know everything. But that's how it works. But I find I open the Word of God, the Holy Scripture, and it makes us wise to salvation. You know, you start to read through it and you can see salvation through every page, the love of Christ through every page. It's a love story of God coming and rescuing His people time and time and time again, bringing salvation to those that have walked away, for those that have sinned in their... And today in the New Testament, it is the same. It's about a God that died on a cross so that He can connect us back to Him, to have relationship, so that He can walk with us. And so as you start to read through the Bible, it enlightens us. It it tells us of our salvation. It brings revelation to us from the beginning to the end. It's God's response to the sin of humanity is woven through it all. And it's called amazing grace. His scripture enlightens us. It brings us to salvation. The second thing is that it nourishes us. It nourishes us. The Word of God becomes food for us. It's food for our soul. It's food for our spirit man. While the Word of God enlightens us, it also nourishes us. (laughs) I I, I love how we're going into 40, I was going to say 40 days of fasting. 15 days of fasting. I love how we're going into it. It starts tomorrow. But it reminds me of the story where Jesus, he was led into the desert by the Spirit. He was led into the desert by the Spirit of God. Not by Satan, by the Spirit. He was led into that place. He was fasting. He was praying. He was believing. And you notice at the end of that fast, at the end of that time, probably when he was at his most weakest Physically, the devil tones up. You know what I find in our life is that when we're at our weakest, at our lowest point, that's when the devil shows up. That's when he shows up just, just, to, just to tempt us, just to tap us on the shoulder. Hey, I'm, I'm here. I know you're a bit weak. Uh, are you sure you're in the right place? Are you sure you're... And he's Jesus. He's out there. He's been led by the Spirit. He's fasting. He's there. And the, and the devil, he's Satan, comes and tempts him. And he says this, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. In other words, he's saying, Jesus, I know your flesh is hungry right now. Your spirit is full, but your flesh is hungry. There's a, there's a war going on. Your divinity and your flesh right now, your divinity and your humanity 
are in conflict right now. How about you just feed your flesh? And I I love Jesus' response at that moment. His response is this in Matthew 4, verse 4, is man shall not live by bread alone or on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It nourishes us. Jesus himself indicated that he was a man, but he took God's word in the scripture as his food and he lived on it. He was like, hey, you know, I I might be hungry, but right now, you know what? This word is going to nourish everything that I need. This word is going to nourish everything that I'm going through right now. This word is going to sustain me through this time. And by his word, I will come out. That's what the word of God does. It nourishes us. When we're down, when we're low, when we've got those things coming around our mind of defeat, oppression right now, as we get into the word of God and let it nourish our soul. Nourish our soul. When his word is stored in our heart, it enables us to grow in every area of our life as a Christian. You know, in times of trial, we don't have to look for a word, we know a word. That's what happens when we spend time in the word of God. It nourishes our soul, and when it nourishes our soul, we start to feed on it 24-7. It doesn't mean that we're here, you know, 24-7 going through the word, but we've gone through the word, it's solidified in our heart, we've kept his commands in our heart. So in times of trouble, we can speak to the devil, we can speak the word of God. Do you realize he knows the word just as much as you? He can twist the word just as much as you. And if you read that passage of scripture, you'll see the devil coming back to Jesus. But Jesus, knowing the word, knowing who he is, speaks back. We need to have that within our life where it nourishes us, where no matter what we go through, the word is strong, stable and founded in our life. In our life. How much more do we need the word in our life? It feeds our inner man, our spirit man, so we can live out our Christian life and live it to the fullness. What you consume is what you'll produce. What you consume is what you'll produce. The third thing is is the function is it strengthens us. It strengthened Jesus in the desert. It came, it nourished him. You know, it strengthens us. It brings strength into our spirit and soul. The word of God will strengthen you. By strengthening our spirit and soul, it will also bring health to our bodies. Do you realize that? It will bring health to your body. Strengthening yourself, strengthening your spirit, your soul, taking in the word of God, letting it nourish, letting it flow over you, strengthens Strengthens every area of your life. Psalm 119, verse 28. My soul dissolves because of grief. Renew and strengthen me according to the promises of your word. The psalmist here is like, hey, my grief is so much. David says, my my grief is so much. Well, right right now, I've been portrayed. Right now, I, I am down in this pit, but God, right now, your word, strengthen me according to your word. What are those areas that you need strengthening in today? 
What are those scriptures you need to apply and speak over those words that God has for your life that need to be intertwined into your soul today to speak to that situation? What promises do you need to take hold of? The psalmist says, here, I'm taking hold of every promise. You know what your word says? Your word is here. You've given me your word, your promise, and I am trusting in it right now. And I'm going to apply it to my life. Lord, right now, strengthen me. Let me walk in victory. Let me walk from a point of victory. Your word says that we are victorious in every area of our life. Lord, let me walk in that victory. Don't let me walk from a point of defeat, but let me walk from a point of victory. God, let me take it and wash it over me right now. Your promises. I'm taking hold of your promises. Taking it. Be strong is connected to having the word of God abide and dwelling in you. Strength, being strong. Oh, I'm just not that strong in my... Have you taken hold of the truth of God? In John 1, 1 John 2 to 14, and he's writing and he says this, he says, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. John looks upon these others and he he sees that they are strong. And and in this scripture, he associates the word of God. Is that you are strong because the word abides in you. My question today, does the word abide in you? Does it bring you strength? Does it bring you strength? Does it give you the ability to stand? When we let God's word abide in us, it strengthens our soul. It gives us strength to stand. And the last function that all I've got time for today is that it washes us. It enlightens us. It nourishes us. It feeds our soul. It strengthens our bones. It strengthens us so that we can live victorious lives, but it washes us. It washes us. You know, Jesus prayed for his disciples in John 17. And he prayed this prayer. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It washes us. It sanctifies us. Sanctification is a process by which someone or something becomes holy, exclusively set apart unto God and for His service. I love last week our anointing of oil service. That time where we make room for the Spirit of God to come, for leaders to stand up the front, for people to be prayed over, to be anointed with oil. And and it's a representation of people just coming forward and saying, God, right now, I'm just coming so that you can anoint my year. But more than that, God, I want to be set apart again. I want to make sure that I'm always in the right standing with you. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, God, right now, sanctify my disciples. Wash them. Wash them with your blood. Wash them with your word. You know, by his grace, his holiness, to us, 
it enables us, imperfect as we are, to serve. I love a statement by Andy Stanley. He says, I think it is grace is enough. Grace is enough. But grace is more than enough. It's more than enough. His grace is more than enough. His word is more than enough. That it washes our soul. Ephesians 5, 25 and 27, it says, Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word and that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. I love that. It cleanses us. He cleanses us. He sanctifies us. The Word of God will cleanse you. Uh, One of my prayers is, Lord God, right now, wash me with your Word. When you open the Bible, I pray that you start to say, God, right now, wash me with your Word. Wash me with those thoughts, those actions that shouldn't be there. Wash me clean. All those things that are there, God, wash me with your word. Purify me with your word. Set me aside. Lord, right now, as I open your word, just wash over my mind. You know, we live in a world that has fallen. We live in a world where you walk down the street and you see everything that opposes God. And so sometimes we just need to come back and we need to say, God, right now, I want you to just wash me. Lord God, those things today that I I may have taken in, purposely or unpurposely, those things right now, Lord, that don't have right thinking, that don't line up with your word, I pray that you wash me with your word. Purify me with your word so that I, I can stand before you without spot wrinkle. He's coming back for you and I, His church. You and I, without spot or wrinkle. He wants to wash us, sanctify us. Purpose is it sanctifies us. It washes us. We are washed by the Word of God when we study it. And as we study God's word, our mind is renewed. In Romans, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our mind is transformed into the very mind of Christ. I don't know about you, but I want the mind of Christ. I want the mind of Christ. This enables us to know the very will of God, which is necessarily which is necessary for us to effectively do the work of God. It washes us clean. And in turn, it makes our ways prosperous and with good success. My last scripture is Joshua 1 verse 8. And Joshua is there and he makes this statement. He says, The book of the Lord shall not depart from, my mouth, from your mouth, and that you should not meditate, that you should shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have good success. This is God speaking to Joshua. Meditate on it. If you want to be prosperous, if you want to have good success, it's right there. It's one of the functions of the Bible. Billy Graham says this, the answer to your problem, however great, is as near as your Bible. Today, I pray that we live prosperous and that we have good success. The only way we do that is when we pick up the Word of God, the manual for our life. Father, I thank you that we have a church that is diligent. Lord, that we have a church and that each and every one of us has a heart that leans into you. Lord God, that wants to be closer to you, that wants to know your promises and your purposes. And Lord God, as we move into this next season of our life, Lord, as we come and we spend time fasting, as we spend time in your word, as we spend time praying, Father. Lord God, I pray that as we delve into your scriptures, Lord God, that it will enlighten us. Lord God, it will nourish us. It will strengthen us. It will wash over us. Today, Father, stir our hearts to know more, to want more. And Lord, as we open your word, let us be in tune to your spirit. That your spirit will come and speak speak to us and our relationship with you will get deeper and deeper and deeper in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, just right now, just as we're here, I want to give an invitation to those that don't know Christ, those that don't have a relationship with God. And and maybe you've come with someone this morning, someone brought you, Or maybe you've just walked in off the street and just had to be here. That's fine. Because I know why you had to be here. Because God wants a relationship with you. God wants a relationship with each and every one of us. And like I said at the start is that that's why he came and he died on a cross. His son died on a cross. It was an act to connect humanity back to their creator. It was an act for an individual that covered the multitudes. Because when he died on the cross, it it wasn't nails that kept him there. It was love for humanity. It was love for you and I so that he could pay a price for our sin that we could never pay. So that we could be connected back to God. And, And you might have tried other things. You might have tried to fill a void in your life. And as you've started different things and tried different things, maybe it's religion, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's some sort of high, and you found that it didn't satisfy that need, there is only one thing that will satisfy that. 
And that's God, that desire. Or maybe you're just lost and you just don't know where to go next. Maybe you haven't tried anything before and you're just like, yeah, I've got this desire. I just don't know. I just don't know what's for my life. I just don't know where I should be. I just don't know the point in even living. Well, the point is that he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. So just if we can bow our heads and close our eyes while no one is looking and you want to be included in this prayer, there is a God that loves you. There is a God that loves you and that he has done everything so that he can be in relationship with you. Common sense would say, you know what, I've done so many bad things. How can this God even want me? And naturally we go, well then, I've got to work so that he'll want me, he'll approve me. But friend, today, that's not the invitation. The invitation isn't in works. It's in trust. It's in accepting him. Today, if you want to be included in this prayer to connect with God, a God that loves you, so I know who I'm praying with. I'd love for you just to raise your hand. Thank you, mate. Thank you over the side. Thank you, girls. Thank you over there. Someone else want to join these four that have said, oh, I want to know. Father God, right now as we trust upon you, as individuals in this building have accepted you, have come to a place of, I need God. I want a relationship. Lord, we acknowledge that you died on a cross for our sins. And no matter what we've done, you've covered it. You've covered it by your grace and your mercy. But God, today from this point on, for those that have made a decision to follow you, to trust in you, that's, that's your invitation. Your invitation is just trust me. Today is they trust you. Lord, I pray that you send your Holy Spirit to intertwine their lives, to move around each and every one of them, Father, that as the start of this journey, that they'll come closer to you, Father. As they start to open the Word, that it'll start to speak to them, it'll enlighten them of their salvation. It'll nourish their soul, it'll bring strength to them, Father. It'll wash over them and cleanse them. Spirit, come and move over each and every one of them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand.